third wheel. Third wheel. Welcome to the third wheel. With me, me, and you. I actually didn't check that I was pronouncing your names correctly beforehand, but um, your name is Alina. Yes. Yes. Alina. And you're Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. an easy one. You, yeah, I know, but I was like, I was thinking for a second, and I'm like, does he spell it with a V or a PH? And then if it's a PH, is it Stephen? That's true. Yeah, he has a um, pet peeve. Pet peeve for people. PH Stevens. They're not real people. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. It should be Stefan, right? Yeah. <laughs> you said? Yeah. We've heard that with my last name because it's male. It's M A L E. And then everyone's like, surely it must be Male mm. or something not so generic and boring. No, Stephen Male. Just Stephen Male. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting um, because that's definitely a mistake that I would make. Like as a teacher, you're often seeing new names and you're just, you have to make, like you always ask, like, did I say that correctly if you're not sure or like, but you often have to make like a snap judgment when you see it on the roll, like, okay, what is this name? And that is definitely the type of situation where I'd be like, Stephen, Stephen Marley. (laughs) Yes. Many people have said that before. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting with my name because it's quite a, like Alina is, I guess, easier to pronounce. But my second name is Ashambayeva, which is, if you just read it, it's as as it's pronounced as it's spelled. Mm. But no one has ever like attempted to do it. So whenever people are like, Alina, uh, Alina, <laughs> I'll be like, just try it. Just try reading it. It's actually as you read it. And I don't mind if someone asks me how to pronounce it. But yeah, people just get scared of long names. How do you say your last name? Uh, Ashambayeva. Ashambayeva? Yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Perfect. And if you Thank want to you. spell that out, it's Ash M. Bye. Yeah. That's great. Great. Um, I mean, people pronounce my name incorrectly all the time. It's Sarah, not Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually had someone the other day when I introduced myself, they'd not seen my name written down before. I was like, oh, my name's Sarah. And they're like, wow, you pronounce your name correctly. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's I hope my I name. do. Thank you. I've been doing this for a while. No one said that to me before. <laughs> yes. Stephen? That's, that's wow. Awesome. wow. Great pronunciation of your name. I Thank think they you. were trying to flirt with me. I was like, it's... strange angle. Yeah. <laughs> I think flirting in general is always funny to, like, uh, I mean, unless you, both of you are into it, then anything you say is fine. But yeah. watching from the outside, mm. flirting, or if you're not into it and someone's flirting with you, is just dumb. Just <laughs> dumb questions <laughs> and dumb things. Oh, the weather is say. good today. Oh. Yeah, just crap <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sarah. Sarah. We should have asked you how to pronounce the name. Because I think I said it's Sarah when I came in. Yeah. Sarah. I think I often dive in with my introduction. I'm like, hi, my name is Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's fair. I think it's sort of fair enough. The way that it's written conventionally in New Zealand is pronounced Sarah. So mm. you can't really like blame anyone and be like, how dare you? <laughs> I you know? do, so it's fine. And it's also, it's also like, it's a very common name, Sarah, as mm-hmm. well. So it's not like, it's one where most people would be like, oof, not sure about that one. Yeah. I don't really like with my name, because it's, I guess, in Russian, if you say it, it's Elena. Mm. But in English, people say Elena, Elena, El-, like, kind of different and I don't know why since I've come here like I really said I'm going to be fine with any way they pronounce it and mm. I'm just going to respond to any of the pronunciations mm. and I think now I'm reflecting back mm. on that judgment and I'm like oh it's not very um you know good of me to like 
I'm trying to be really advocate for ethnic diversity and everything else mm. and yet I'm allowing people to pronounce my name however they want to mm. uh, but I did notice that sometimes if you correct people um, they get offended mm. and mm. I kind of it's me like at work all the time people would say people would spell it differently or something I'd be like hey sorry by the way it's spelled this way oh it's just a typo it's like why are you upset with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and now I just feel uncomfortable. So yeah, I feel like names is like could be a sore spot for people, but yeah. But the most boss way to respond to that, or sound like an expert on mispronunciations, is when people get upset about you. Just like okay, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a bit hard to do it, but if you're online, because yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just send a blank email response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so Alina and Steven, <laughs> um, you can we say you were the founders of Storyo? Sure, yes. Yeah. Sounds so you're the founders fancy. of Storyo. Ego tripping. <laughs> founders, yes. Um, could you could you explain to us exactly what Storyo is? Because I've found myself sort of explaining it to people and then realizing that. I know what it is, but mm. I find it harder to explain, mm -hmm. explain, and I feel like you're the experts on this, so. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, sure, I can try. Um, so maybe actually it's good to talk about like how it started and mm. why, and this will lead into what it is. Mm. Yeah, please. Is I have done a lot of work or have been doing a lot of work in like diversity spaces and inclusion spaces whether it's at work or like outside of work for volunteering committees, like anywhere I've really been part of, I've always been part of DNI, whatever they want to call it, committees mm. and talk about it a lot. And I would come home and talk to Stephen about it, chew his ear off um, about this topic all the time. And at the time Stephen was um, doing some content creation for his marketing agency. Yeah, so we started interviewing different people in New Zealand about their business, businesses. Mm. and Like found other founders. Other founders. Yeah. And then whilst Googling to do some research to find out kind of who to reach out to interview, I just realized more and more it was just all white men mm -hmm. <laughs> and then one other, um, which started to kind of sink in. And then we also started looking at a bookshelf and the people we follow on Instagram, sorry, me specifically, um, my bookshelf was all white men mm. or all men and people on Instagram were all white people as well. Mm. So it never really clicked before, um, but with Alina started talking more and more about it. I just kind of had this like shattering glass moment. We're like, oh, <laughs> oh fuck, uh oh, <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And so in a way, it was like, hmm, let's like. It was more, if I can call it selfish. I don't know if selfish is the right word. Pursuit of like, it would be cool to hear from people who are not white men, mm, <laughs> um, mm. where there's just for us and we can share the stories. I'm going to say it was a personal pursuit rather personal. than selfish. Yeah. I like that <laughs> personal pursuit. Um, and so. Yeah, so Stephen came home and he was like, hey, you know, how do I, can, how can I be a better ally? Can we interview, like, what if we just interviewed women and non-binary or gender diverse folks about their stories? And I, like, love the idea because I've been doing a whole bunch of this work anyways. And I was, like, kind of overtook from him, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. um, but even with the first interviews, because the first ones were still very businessy and success orientated. Mm -hmm. And it still kind of left you, after reading it, feeling a bit, empty and like you compare yourself to the person mm. and you don't feel like enough yeah um, and that was the other thing that we wanted to tackle as well yeah so so I guess what it started to be is like hey how about we interview friends and friends of friends 
um, women again and gender diverse folks about their stories, uh, like life stories that are not necessarily well, not necessarily just are not classic, sensational. Like, hey, here is a you know I'm a founder or I'm a CEO or I was struggling, but here is how I got to something really amazing in my life. Mm. Um, so we just wanted to change that really and just listen for like hear stories of our friends who are like wonderful people and doing awesome mm. work, but are not ever getting interviewed because that's not someone you usually ask. Uh, for like mainstream at least media it's changing now but um yeah so that's kind of how it started and I guess it's I mean it's it, it developed a little bit with like you know just with how we felt um about people but the main pursuit was like how do we share more stories that are diverse and that are not sound bitey not doesn't leave you feel empty or like that you're comparing yourself to someone and saying like oh man they figured it out and I didn't mm. Like, I'm inspired, but also if you like shit about myself, I need to do mm. more and be more and we're going to have a constant, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that's in the way, like, how to share the stories widely and in the in like, in the pursuit of that, how do we learn our, like for ourselves how mm. to be better people, I guess. Mm. So that being said, what story are in one sentence? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> a long-winded way. Um, I guess it's a platform that shares vulnerable and real stories of everyday women and non-binary folks. Mm. Stephen recently wrote that for our website, so I remember nice. the <laughs> line sounds very rehearsed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, and I guess further that, further to that, from what I glean, with the purpose of sort of helping people, it, you're providing the platform for people to tell their stories, but also providing a space for people to find those stories as mm. well and be able mm-hmm. to relate to them on a variety of levels mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Like I usually when I talk about story, I usually talk about the like you know how the way we judge ourselves is mm. quite different how we judge other people. Like mm. I always, you know, there's more negative self-talk or more like we have to do this and X and be this and be that. Mm. And with story when we started interviewing people, it was very much like we would talk to our friends who are teachers or social workers or sex workers or um, like local artists, um, but people in tech, like software engineers, mm-hmm. um, and almost every single person felt like they were not like every. Almost actually, like in the beginning, Literally. it was just me and Steven. He built a website, and I was like, "Hey, friends, can I interview you?" And almost everyone replied, "Oh, are you sure? I don't. I'm not a founder, or I didn't start mm. something, or mm. whatever. You know, whatever, whatever else." And it was quite fascinating to me I'm like but you're amazing why would you mm. ever question yourself mm. and then so in a way I'm like oh it'd be awesome is it because they've sorry is it because they've they like all of us and they've been reading the stories that are only about people who are founders and only about people who are successful in whatever capitalist way of success yeah um how cool would that be if there were more media out there and more stories and more people who celebrated mahi of people around us that are not necessarily you know whatever rich or whatever yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah so hopefully if people find it they can relate feel better about themselves cool yeah cool I, I i quite like that what you were talking about was the idea of like um challenging the idea of success as well mm. because i think that's something that i i see as like a major challenge of mine both for myself and for other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like having been a teacher, breaking down what success means is probably like <laughs> the biggest challenge that you face as mm-hmm. a teacher because success Like for is, kids, you mean? 
or for yourself? Both, Both. yeah. But but especially especially for kids because I mean like success is um, I want to say very one dimensional mm. in the schooling system. Um, they they say it's not, but then when push comes to shove, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I think the same like going out into the world people very much view success in in quite a sort of yeah one-dimensional way so especially nowadays for kids like they've got so much more social comparison now it's not just like good grades but it's also like oh this kid my age is now really famous on tiktok or like your little brother wants to be um, a youtube YouTube, uh, star and he's comparing himself to other minecraft creators it's just like yeah Constant. And that's the that's yeah. the voice of success. What do you think? What do you think? Like with you with teaching in secondary school, what do you think kids perceived as success? Like what? Yeah, what was the measure or goal or metric? Yeah, um, I guess in a schooling context, um, it was achievement, um, and achievement being that that can be multifaceted. So achievement can be like NCEA actual like standardized testing achievement or it could be sporting achievement, um, uh, or it could be like cultural achievement. So they're like performers or something and they achieve an award. Um, but that is success at getting, achieving something, um, which I think is still a type of success, like being able to celebrate and, you know, um, see what you've learned. That's, that's still a measure of success, but it's not the only, way to formulate success and I think deconstructing that is yeah pr- pretty radical mm-hmm. because obviously as you said like it is wrapped up in a capitalist framework mm-hmm. um because for something to be measurable means that it's able to be capitalized yeah. as well <laughs> yes yes oh it's such a like that measurement is something that we've we talk about quite often um in relation to story or in relation to our yeah. lives but it's such a like. I, I understand why, right? Because if like the grade is easy to measure, you here's A, B, or C, mm. um, you know, or m- amount of money is easy to measure. Mm. Amount of like, let's say if it's a government social initiative, like they're rolling something out, it's easy to measure how many X like things they've rolled out to how many people, mm. versus maybe how many kids feel better about themselves, how like mental health and all of those, all of those things, diversity, mm. like it's a. It could be easy to measure if you say, oh, we have, we hired one person who's ethnic on out of 10, whatever, right? So yeah. it's because of that, like, as we drilled in our minds and drilled in our brains, how we should perceive stories and people and whatnot. So in the way with story, like we've struggled, um, well, I've, <laughs> I've struggled personally quite a bit when I, like maybe a year into it, I started thinking, because everyone would start, like our friends around us talk about like, oh, you know, what do you want to grow it? What do you want it to be? How do you want to, how many, you know? And because those metrics are so, again, easily digestible, like how many views you have, how many likes, how many readers, how many whatever, I got quite hung up on it and quite upset with it. Like, mm-hmm. I think I just never, nothing was ever like, oh, it's always, it has to be a big number. And if it's not big, then it's, why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. And those thoughts just really kind of pulled me down and like, wait, wait, I wasn't doing this for any of the numbers. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't start this for this to be a, a platform with 10,000 readers you know that wasn't we didn't <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the like the why behind mm. it so I guess it's in the way through learning through interviewing and for us to learn ourselves constantly like we don't 
this is not what we define as success. But we have to, it's like a, almost every day, say, almost every day reminder. Yeah. Just on the weekend, we were like, oh, what number should we get? Why are we doing numbers again? Yeah. So yeah. Like, it's a constant journey of. Mm, figuring out like what it means and what am I enjoying? How do we do this? And being comfortable good with good intentions and not such a strong measurement of yeah whatever again successes mm. yeah mm. 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 interesting um, and yeah I guess just also the meta part of that where you are actively encouraging other people to define sex success for themselves through telling just like genuine stories mm. as well yeah mm. it's actually interesting because I find it so much easier. To do that, like, you know, like interviewing someone and like, let's say I have this like one of my um, best friends, so she's a social worker and her stories, like she, we interviewed her and I didn't know most of what she taught, like what she wrote in her interview. I didn't mm. know most of it because again, we don't sometimes talk about those things and like, mm. you know, day to day chit chat, mm. but it was this wonderful stories and really traumatic stuff about, you know, being a social worker, working with like foster kids or working with people who are dying from cancer in the hospital and like her feelings of maybe like not being enough or not being good enough or whatever. And when we talk about that, like her feelings of comparison, well, I'm not a founder or I'm not a, I didn't start a company. And it's so easy to see for me. I'm like, oh my God, you are, you're doing like amazing work. Mm. This is like the work that we're like under social workers, nurses, and, you know, teachers, like mm. foundation of our society. Mm. And it will, it's almost so much easier to do this and say, you can just sit here for the rest of the, your life on this couch mm. and you'll be amazing and enough and loved and mm. you don't have to do anything. Mm. Yet when we talk about ourselves, it's so different. <laughs> so I think it's a reminder of like how I judge others in those stories is how we should judge ourselves. And mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I could have done research on this to find out, but I haven't. Um, how much of your time do you spend doing Storio? Still um, fully. So recently you were working both full-time and studying full-time. And doing Storia. And doing Storia. Yeah. And I, we did, I mean, we probably did like an interview per week for two years. Mm -hmm. um, and we've allocated times, like we have calendar times with Stephen, like when are we going to actually work, but we work way more than that. So mm. I can't really tell how much, mm. but now I've quit my job four weeks ago. So I'm just a full-time student. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> um and yeah i I mean less than uh, hourly wise i don't know like 10 20 probably a week mm. i don't i don't know yeah but yeah. as you said you know we we're talking before with you and you being a teacher and you like dream about it that's yeah. kind of how i feel the story i'll be like yeah. doing something and be like oh, we should i should like and this is always oh. the smallest thing sometimes like mm. oh i should add this little widget on this yeah. little color thingy yeah <laughs> and then we'll just like bend my mind for like hours so oh. yeah I totally yeah. understand that. Mm -hmm. I, it's actually at, at the moment in my life, it's it's more with the podcast where mm -hmm. like somebody will be talking to me and they'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And oh, yeah. And these two people started this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sorry, how many people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two people. Oh. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect I know two people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I understand that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and can I ask what you're studying? Uh, I studied Masters of Human Rights at AOT this year. Great. Yeah. Very different to what I um What? Is it very different? Kind of very different to like my work and previous studies and stuff, but mm. no, not really? No. I mean I've never like 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's because like the you, so. I guess your roles have been very different, roles but have been very your different. approach to everything has always been the same. Yeah, it's always been very mission like through a social lens. Yeah, mm. but I never really knew much about human rights as a concept. Mm. So oh, I guess okay. the social rights and all that stuff is what I've been doing for most of my life, but mm. never studied. Like you, I knew what the United Nations was, but not mm. much about it. So mm. I think now I'm just kind of learning more about it. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And what do you do, Stephen? So I approach this much more from <laughs> the traditional <laughs> sense of success, quote unquote. <laughs> okay. um, so I used to run a marketing agency, which mm -hmm. we sold back in 2019. Mm -hmm. And then now, now my journey is a lot more uh, focused on a way that actually focuses on connection and making an impact. So I still mm -hmm. kind of do marketing, but for mm -hmm. really wholesome people mm -hmm. that I believe are doing really wholesome stuff. Mm -hmm. And then spare time is, is story of stuff. Are you working freelance contract or yeah? Uh, freelance contract and also a software startup side as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a whole bunch of random stuff. A whole bunch of random stuff that comes together. I think but the, most of our friends have no idea what either of us do. Yeah, we, yeah. Most of the time, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we switch so many things. They, they yeah. know about Storia, but nothing really else. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But the Storia work has been so good because the previous agency that we were running was, again, very traditional. We were like almost like a checklist. Cool. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And then me and my co-founder looked at each other six months before we sold and we're like, if we could do anything, what would it be? And his dream would be to run through the field surrounded by dogs. That's his ultimate goal, just to be he like a, be a, dog trainer. a dog trainer slash, you know, dog daycare person. <laughs> yeah, um, and my dream was doing something different as well. It's like, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Yeah. And yeah. so doing the story work has been really eye-opening as well, where it's like, oh, like redefining success is just like a lot more than just ticking boxes, you know, mm. and actually doing something that can actually make you feel good while you do it mm, and yeah. you know drive towards things yeah yeah which is vital really especially <laughs> if you're I mean I don't want to say especially if you're not making money off something but we live in Auckland rents exist mm. or mortgages I don't know um, <laughs> um and yeah in the end like you do have to think about where your time goes and if you're not loving what you're doing if you're not making money off it as well, yeah. it's kind of like, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an interesting, I mean, topic as well because I feel like with um, a lot of the people that we interview, for example, I, I, I initially, because I, I always worked for someone, never did anything. Like I didn't really ever want to do something of my own or start. I'm like, I just want to help and volunteer for someone or work with organizations. Hmm. And when I saw people doing like podcasts or um, artistry, like anything to do with a like creative outlet or something that people talk about. I thought that they're doing it full time and they're getting paid for it. And I'm like, wow, it's so cool. How did they figure it out? But then when we started interviewing people for story, I realized how many people have a job hmm. and they do things on the side because most hmm. of the time it doesn't bring money. And now I'm kind of thinking it's interesting because you can find, I guess, outlets for making money through it. But should you, would you, could you, like, is it, a, you know, do you want to mix it sometimes? Maybe it's good to keep it that is not profitable yeah. and you do it because of the love of it. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? What are you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it's sort of like a multifaceted point because I think if I could stop doing everything that I have to, to earn money and focus completely on creative pursuits, none of which in my mind could possibly earn me any money. <laughs> um, I would, mm -hmm. but I can't. <laughs> so 
I mean, like, short of having a universal basic income, um, that's not possible. And I think the next best thing for me is finding ways of making some money through creative pursuits, be that doing some freelance work or, um, yeah, or or maybe like a similar but different commission work or I don't know, there's always been like the talk of sponsorship as well. Yeah. And like, but that's like, there's also obviously creative funding bodies, but like that is a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've That's, gone through the same journey. We've gone through the same journey currently <laughs> of figuring we've out. We've got a like, list of people to reach out to. We're like, oh, uh, it's going to take a while. And all those mm. creative funding bodies are like, oh, yeah. And everyone's been scaring us with like the how difficult the application processes are yeah. and all that. And like, it's not like difficult, it's more, more admin And I just mm. don't want to do admin. Yeah. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I think, I think it's something that I'm capable of doing, but I want to commit myself to mm-hmm. and like applying for funding um but at the moment i just don't know if i can commit myself to it properly mm-hmm. just because of all the things that i'm doing at the moment i'm like oh i need to look after my mental health yeah. um yeah so that's that's the that's the short answer mm-hmm. to that short of a universal basic income which i can't make happen <laughs> um i think monetizing creative pursuits is the next best option for mm-hmm. me but i haven't quite figured out how exactly I'm going to do that. So in the meantime, I'm also doing relief work, which is, um, it's satisfying. Relief teaching is satisfying mm. because you go in and you do, mm. you work with kids and that's like always, uh, for me anyway, it's always a rewarding thing. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, I achieved something today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whereas... You know, study, I, I imagine you have a similar thing with your studies. Sometimes it's just like, ah, I feel like I'm going and going and not finishing. <laughs> yeah. It's actually been interesting um, to be, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a proud teacher's pet. Mm. <laughs> if I can say that. Yeah. I'm like, I love studying and I've always loved studying. Oh, and yeah. It's been interesting to now go back to uni and be graded and there's some satisfaction in it. Like mm. we were just talking about the whole measurements and how it's easy, but and in a way I'm like, I can see why now, because you know, when you work in the workplace, especially now like, I've worked in a very like, um, my recent job was with a, with the government and we, a lot of the outcomes are not easily measurable. It's very tough and you're constantly kind of fighting and pushing for things and trying mm. to change things. And it's like, I felt partly why I left actually, I felt a little bit like I'm, man, I'm not contributing to anything. I feel like I'm pushing so hard and fighting and I love it, but it's just just so hard to see yeah. the change. Um, yeah. And it was nice once I left kind of just to actually step back and see. You can't measure it, but you can see the change. Mm. And with uni now, it's kind of like, it's a bit simplistic, like to be like, here is a grade at the end of it. You're like, I can measure myself exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the grades. Like in a way, it's been yeah. a little like, oh, Okay, I know what I've achieved, yeah. which is goes completely against what we were talking no, before. I, I feel like, I feel like it, it keys into something deeper, which is that we're all wanting to be able to celebrate successes that we have. Mm-hmm. Just because in your previous role mm-hmm. there was no established way to recognize your success doesn't mean that obviously you weren't having success. Mm-hmm the current way that you're 
getting your success recognized is just one which is like recognizable yeah Yeah. if that makes sense it's it's one that you're one that you can understand so you're like yes yeah Yeah. if you'd had some other form of having your success recognized in your old job you probably have felt the same Mm -hmm. thing um that's a good point and we're talking like the more you do your own thing the less of those structures of easy success there are like Mm. a job still has some where you're like you're high-fived and stuff Mm. creating it's, it's yeah. obviously easier with with mm-hmm. like you know because i guess podcasting is very similar it's storytelling and sharing mm. of of people and mm. pursuit in pursuits um of common topics how do you like what's your what how do you measure like for yourself success of the of the podcast of the podcast yeah that's very interesting because people ask me like how many views do you get and blah 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 or how many listens um and straight up i don't actually know um benji knows um, but I don't know, and I kind of I if if we apply for funding, we'll have to find out. <laughs> um, but so far, I've actually kept a distance from that because I don't I don't want to tie myself to that, and I know I will. I'm addicted to social media. I know how this shit affects me. Um, so I guess I I think even just like finding people who ag- agree to come on and like say people saying hey we had a really good time <laughs> that kind of stuff I'm yeah. like yeah I, I get a I get a kick out of that and mm-hmm. I see that as success yeah it's yeah. always come back to that's as well. it yeah yeah, yeah. We've been like thinking every time we measure with numbers it. we're like but not enough and then we get like a someone we interview we're like wow that was really cool thank you so much like yeah. that was a gift to me I'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to like really um what I really value about story is I guess like that interaction, like, uh, doesn't have to be. Because I guess, uh, I mean, eventually the story ends up being digital format, right? Like, same with podcasts, same with, like, video interviews or or written. But having that interaction of, like, I do quite a bit of, re- you know, preparation for the interview before I go in. Yeah. And, like, come in and, you know, how you give us some food and, like, give some chocolate to people or whatever and have this, like, nice quarter And that, like, if that feels awesome and you being present in that, that feels just like such an awesome success. Yeah. Um, yeah. And almost like, yes, you can surely optimize everything and make sure it's effective and social media mm. and spread mm. blah, blah, blah. But mm. like that feels very yeah. aligned mm. to the purpose of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think um, you have, I don't know, this is going to make me sound a little bit at myself, but I feel like there needs to be a level of reflection and mm. able to be able to look at those things, look at those moments um, and your experience of sitting with people and talking and seeing that as success within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on on the opposite side, and this has never happened before, so there's no wood for me to touch right now, but like if somebody was like, I felt really offended or like that was really horrible or something like that, I would see that as unsuccessful. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I I see it as a success if everybody's happy. And also getting, like, positive feedback from listeners. If somebody says something about a podcast and is like, hey, that was cool, I'm like, you're listening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, actually, you know, like I'm just thinking of what you said before around uh, if someone says, like, if someone got offended or whatnot. I think we maybe have a little bit different because of the – work or like because of the area like the diversity representation yeah. um man diversity is such a used up buzzword now but representation we'll put a pin in it and come stick. back to it yeah <laughs> it's it's interesting because 
the, the, when I started, when we started doing interviews, like I'm the one who interviewing people and reaching out to them and talking mm. to them and stuff. I felt like I'm an ethnic woman, migrant, blah, blah, blah. I'm so woke. Like so many, like I'm, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm not gonna, you know, I know the ways. And I feel like I've personally learned so much about what I didn't know and mm. how, like looking back, how I might have offended someone mm. or how maybe the way I've approached something wasn't the right way to approach something. Mm. And in a way, I think that's been kind of important to me to realize that actually what I really get upset and what I would like advocate about in workplaces and whatnot is when people say people don't engage or interact with uncomfortable situations Mm. because they are afraid to come off or offend someone Mm. or and then be defensive about it like over and over so so many times you know especially when it comes to like you know mostly white cis male Mm. privileged um workplaces where Mm. people just don't engage in like conversations about pride even you know or like Mm. Oh, whatever, right? Because they're afraid of that, like, be uncomfortable. And in the way we are in the space, that it's almost guaranteed to be uncomfortable and to learn mm-hmm. something new. So I've definitely, like, realized how much I didn't know and how, like, little things that I thought I was doing really thoughtfully and cool and mm-hmm. inclusively maybe weren't as such. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to kind of, like, navigate of, like, if I'm doing it from a good heart, I might offend someone. But hopefully I can learn and be better. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's a kind of success as well, mm. you know, like recognizing mistakes or missteps and being able to grow from them. Mm-hmm. Like that's success as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tough though, like when you think about it from my experience, you know, I mean, everyone is like, you know, grouping women in one category is just ridiculous right like everyone has such different experiences based on all the intersectionalities they go through and everything else but I it's hard because I know it's like oh you know I'm coming from a good place and I'm being genuine and I'm working hard so it should be successful even if I learn and get something wrong but it's really hard when you learn it at an expense of someone and usually you do right because you do learn it at like you have to do something to offend someone to learn to then learn and reflect back. Yeah. That's and that's true. been a bit hard to like that's true. acknowledge and be like, oh, okay. And to move forward with that knowledge as well. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I've had moments when I like more and more engaged in work at work or mm. everywhere really like to push sort of the status quo and be more open and then realize that like, oh man, I don't know enough or I did something or whatever. Mm. And it could be sometimes come home and you're like, oh, just it's hard (laughs) it was easier I did my best I did my best yeah yeah I don't know where I was going with it somewhere important obviously (laughs) I feel like it was all relevant um so I guess a question I haven't asked yet is how you two met know each other what's your story (laughs) we have been together for eight years Mm. we're partners Mm. met at uni uni. I'll let you tell the story (laughs) because I just told the story today to a friend, actually. I don't know if it's relevant. You can cut it out. Probably not. But it's it's a funny story. We, um, I was 19, 18. I had a partner, ex-partner at uni. And I went to a conference about mental health. And Stephen was the MC. And I thought, oh, what a handsome boy. And I stared at him the entire time at the conference. And my ex-partner got really upset with me. Uh, he was a jealous, abusive asshole. But that's a different story. Um, I added him on Facebook, Stephen, and 
we just haven't talked. We like just added him on Facebook and we just never talked for two years because I was just like, I had a partner and I don't know, it was a random guy. He yeah. didn't know who I was. Um, and then one day I was just bored and like at uni and I was like, who's this Steven guy in my, my Facebook friends group? So I added him and we started chatting um, just randomly. Um, and then the first the first day we met was the funny one. We went, I was out in the clubs being the, you know, 19, dancing, <laughs> drinking. And Steven was out as well. And at 3 a.m. Uh, he was like, hey, should we meet up? Like for the first time, should we catch up? And I'm like, sure. And we came out of the club and I was with friends and we all went to our house and my friends, one of my friends, um, lovely guy, he got a bit drunk. And he was like, I love you, Alina. And I've never told you that, but I love you so much. So he like undressed and hopped into my bed. Oh my God. And it was like, come sleep. It's sleep time. And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> I uh, uh, a tiny bit of backstory. Yeah. So I was like getting really excited. And then I hopped out of the, the taxi back then. And then I saw Alina and then the guy's just like touching her hair. Touching my hair. And I was oh. like, oh, where's she inviting me out? Like, okay, I guess we're just, like, friends. For I guess just, So I was yeah. hanging out with them as friends while we were walking back to their house yeah. with this guy just, like, yeah. touching her hair. <laughs> yeah, I think he was, yeah, he got a bit, got a bit too drunk. Um, So I was like, okay, I don't want to stay at home. Just feels, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. And Stephen was like, do you want to come to mine? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we hopped into Uber and we go into his house. And I was like, it's 4 a.m. I've never met this guy. Does he think I'm going to sleep with him? No, I'm going to sleep with him. <laughs> and we get to his house and he opens the door and there's a naked girl in his room. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a movie day it was so funny and I was like I was just laughing and he was like oh sorry excuse me can you give me a minute and he goes into his room and he's like what the fuck are you doing here and it was his flatmate yeah. who also did the same thing she just like hops into his bed and was like come because I was about to go to sleep, sleep time. and then she hopped well she's it's her time to proclaim love for me <laughs> Just super, super sweet. But again, <laughs> I didn't want that. I don't think they either of them did a good job at like just going into others, ours be, our yeah. beds. Yeah, which is, is why I... proclaim your love I know, someone? I don't is think it's... some kind of... Like, <laughs> Apparently it doesn't work every time, so don't, don't try it if you're listening. Um, um, but that's why I texted her in the first place. So like, I don't want to be at home right now because there's someone in bed I don't... Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so he was trying to get her out to go to her room and she wouldn't. So he opened the door to like show that there's a me waiting and I waved at her and she got really embarrassed and ran away and I felt a bit sorry for her. Uh, but yeah, and then we just stayed up and talked for like eight hours with Steven and yeah. And from then on, we just kind of like started chatting and chatting yeah. and chatting and a thing happened and we the rest love history. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really just funny. Like a first time. I that met. is quite correct. Yeah. yeah quite Both experiencing story. the literal exact same thing. Yeah. On the, <laughs> yeah. Which never happened before on either side. Just, right. Just on the same what day. What the chances? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Random story. That's, that is, that is quite wild. Um, but you've done like quite a lot of travel together as mm. well. Well, well, yeah, in retrospect, it's a bit weird. Uh, I mean, it's very proactive. And I think like three months into the relationship, she's like, let's go to Bali for a week. And I was like, okay. Was this like three yeah, months, three or, months? if not earlier? Yeah. And then that kind of just set so, the cadence for us to, mm. to get really close really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we both got together um, because we, we were quite both independent, didn't want to be in a relationship. We're quite happy on our, on our own, like just, you know, so it was good to come together with that mindset of like we didn't mm. need a, like didn't we're looking for mm. validation or for mm. like a partner to make us feel better mm. um and in a way that was really good i guess union to come together mm. and we're still we're really independent people now as well 
uh, which is yeah quite nice. But we live together, so it's a bit different. You can be independent, but you still see each other all the time. So so um, independent. So independent. So <laughs> I used to wear beanie uh, that said "Ain't no wifey" because I was I was like I don't she, I don't need no. She sent a lot of confusing signals at the beginning. <laughs> like I arrived with the guy touching her hair, the ain't no wifey beanie. Yeah, I was like, I don't need, I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm pretty sure you made a lot of social media posts. About, yeah, I was 19. I mean, hmm. you know, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of cool now, I guess, like working in a mm. way together on Storio. Mm. It's quite nice to see. I don't know, I would love to hear as well with you, Binge, like how different people are coming together and different mm. skills and same purpose, but like approach quite different. Like Steven's very introverted and like patient, does the work behind the scenes. I'm very like, talk to people, very proactive and very like socially, historically, I guess, like socially minded. Mm. Very like everything, we have to save the planet tomorrow. Mm. Um, <laughs> Steven is a bit more like work, mm. and, <laughs> but how are we gonna do this with no money <laughs> type person? It's been a nice like complimentary characters mm. yeah it's been cool bringing that into i guess a more worky yeah like a structured environment yeah mm. yeah mm. i get really like the other day i remember reflecting back on it actually i was um editing an interview on um I'm, i've never done uh, before we started story i've never done like i do interviews for my work mm. i talk to people and like get you know but not in any media type of way like never mm. edited anything mm-hmm. so i'm just all learning how to do all that stuff but I was editing something on your laptop on your computer and it's such like a good reflection of exactly how we work together I was editing and the it kept crashing Premiere Pro Adobe and it crashed like I don't know I, and I'm, I'm not a patient person it crashed like three times and I just got so upset I almost cried I was like I was raging and I was like this is bullshit and Steven's just like honey you can go do something else. I can sort it out for you. I'll just, because I mean, not that he knows more about Adobe. It's just that he will just sit there patiently, yeah. look up on YouTube or Google what to do and how to sort it out. And I was like, that's such a good picture of like, whenever yeah. I need support, when like, yeah, he'll just be like, hey, it's okay. I'll do it. You can, you should just, don't, don't stress, don't stress. <laughs> he was so angry. I was so angry. <laughs> that was really nice. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's yeah. a nice story. <laughs> yeah. That's a really nice story. That, that's sort of how it tends to be, though, that the people in a dynamic who have, like, the most, like, I'm not saying that you don't have drive, mm, Stephen, mm-hmm. but the people who have the most, like, drive and chutzpah and are like, ah, I want to do, like, all this shit also tend to be the ones who are like, ah, when everything <laughs> breaks down. It's all falling apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very much, yeah. I'll come home and be like, hey, have this, like, existential crisis every day. And Stephen's like, well, let's. Let's think about it rationally. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> it through. Let's talk it through. Yeah. So it's been mm. lovely. What's your dynamic like with Benji in terms of this podcasting? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's significantly different um, because obviously Benji and I only ever really see each other here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we only started, we only got to know each other um, last year when I got to know him through Harco. Um, but I'd say that we are more similar. Mm. <laughs> We're both very much like, yes, people. I actually, I have a, um, a journal called a moon turtle. Have you ever heard of moon? No. It's like a mood journal, um, created by Anna Birchall, who is also used to be connected to Point and Studios. Just shout out to Anna Birchall. Uh, <laughs> um, 
yeah, so um, I was reading my moon, moon turtle the other day and I found the day where I met Benji and it was like, it was actually also the day I met Silas as well because we're all in, in the same room and it said like, Benji gives me absolute life. I've never met anyone who is like as much of a yes person as I am. <laughs> That's so cool. But yeah, he's he's very much just the sort of person who um, sort of like latches onto ideas and is like, okay, how can we make this happen? Like right away. Like there's never any sort of like, mm, uh, like is this really like he's just kind of like, yeah, let's let's fucking do it. But in saying that, he is a little bit more, I'd say like practical than I am where I is I sort of like tend to more the probably more like you Alina where it's more sort of like what's the bigger purpose to this like how can I achieve big things whereas he is a little bit more like analytical and like how can we make that happen Mm -hmm. sort of thing um because Benji is also the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. kind kind of guy Mm -hmm. um who he he does all the technical side of this. Mm. I think I probably could do the technical side of this if I wanted to, but he does it more efficiently. So <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's sort of that's sort of our dynamic. Um, but more recently, it's also been really cool. We've just become like very good friends as well. Like just from hanging out here and just like talking and mm. sharing stories and stuff. So as Silas said, like. I, I feel like I'm part of the family at Pointon now, which is so nice. It just feels so nice to have like yeah. a creative community. Yeah. We're, all, we're all just sort of still figuring it out in a lot of ways because we kind of like know who we are and know what we want to do. But um, yeah, all the time it's just sort of like how, you know, what can people contribute? What, what else do we want to do? So I don't know. I, I guess we're all just sort of like in this boat together. Yeah, kind of figure it. That's that's sort of our dynamic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, so that's really awesome. Yeah, what's the like? What do people do in the space? What's other creatives? Oh, oh man, this is a test. Um, <laughs> you don't have to don't get everyone. No, no, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we have Gabby, who um, recently has just been finishing off her master in architecture. Um, she actually also has a podcast. Um, which has been on hiatus while she finishes her master's um, called Primary. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at her empty chair as if she's there. Um, Hi, Gabby. She, yeah, <laughs> shout out, Gabby. Um, she is also a poet um, and, yeah, just like a sort of multi-talented artist. Um, but, yeah, she knows a lot about architecture, mm-hmm. um, especially Auckland architecture. Um, so that's, that's where she sits. And then we've got Brayden, who's, <laughs> who's throwing us a peace sign right now. He's actually in the room as we speak. Um, and he does visual art on window panes, which is really rad. And he also does some tattooing, right, Brayden? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we also have, um, a person who does some work with fabrics and design. We have some people who do like DJing. Um, That's so cool. And also um, writing like lyrics, like mm. especially rap a lot as well. Downstairs, we have videographers. Um, they're at the two desks with the computers downstairs. 
Um, I'm missing people. That's such a creative. Yeah. 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 So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially being at the same stage of the creative journey as well together. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. In terms of space, I feel mm. like physical collocation is also quite important sometimes and cool to like feel. You say part. co-location? Yeah. <sighs> physical co-location. Is Fancy that wrong? words. Okay. Mm. I've never heard it used that way, but yeah. Oh, okay. Am I've only it wrong? Heard, I don't know. No, no, no. Like I've, I've only ever heard collocation used in a linguistic sense. When you use words together. Yeah. yeah. Collocation is 30 points on Scrabble, by the way. Okay. So. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <You're> like, well, <laughs> you, make, you definitely made it up. But Scrabble twice. <laughs> you definitely made it up. New Zealand humor in front of a Swiss person. Like, yeah. <laughs> this man's a genius. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's really yeah, into Scrabble. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, definitely. Just being in the same space as other creatives. Um mm makes so much of a difference and i mean everybody's sort of on their same on their own buzz but also on the same buzz mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's weird like we're often we've got all our own projects um and also as silas and benji were mentioning before they do like they they do a lot of freelance work yeah um as well as doing work within within the studio um but at the same time Everybody's sort of like, I, I guess they wouldn't be here if they weren't on board yeah. with the co-papa of the of the space. Of the space, um, yeah. But we end up sort of like bouncing ideas off each other, and and that's sort. Of, I think in the end, that's a huge part of the reason why Benji and Silas started up Winton because they saw the value in that, and they saw the value of being together in, in a space. Yeah, um, yeah, and hearing. I think coming back to the whole idea of like hearing each other's stories, you know, like talking to other artists and hearing mm. what they're up to sort of like grounds you mm. as well. You're like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not like alone <laughs> in this, in this journey. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like a big kupapa uh, for storios, how to make people feel like, even if one person reads it and they're like, oh, someone is also this journey. Someone also feels mm. this way or someone mm. also whatever. Do I, like how wonderful it is to give someone that mm. feeling of like, Almost a community without having a community. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I want to pull the pin on the word diversity because <laughs> I, f I feel like that's relevant here. <laughs> she saved up. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a bit of – it's used as a bit of a buzzword, but it's still, like, an extremely important and, and relevant word. Um, well, I guess – I guess what? How am I going to phrase this? What does diversity mean to you? That yeah. doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> I, I I have so many thoughts in general. So I can, yeah. I, whatever question yeah. you give, I'll answer. <laughs> um, I think the reason it's a buzzword is, and it's unfortunate that it became. It's kind of like intersectionality. A bit of became a buzzword. Like there's quite a few of those kind of like you know, wokey, progressive, lefty kind of words that people feel like they lost value mm. because of their buzziness. But definitely recently, especially, we've been doing lots of – so I, I co-organize events for women and non-binary in tech uh, in Auckland. And we talk about that all the time as a part of community. And we've done a 30 interviews for Storia recently with people in tech. I saw that. Um, mm. Which has been like such a big undertaking over two days. We've interviewed 30 people. Um, Sorry, it's raining. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> it's things haven't changed that much in regards to representation 
disc workplace discriminations and whatnot in like the last 20, 30 years. And companies are more and more now wanting to seem to mm. be more progressive because they understand the value because millennials or in, and Zoomers are pushing for more of those, you know, purpose and value-driven work and all that stuff. So people are catching up and feeling, oh, this is important. How do we, you know, inject some of it, but not just enough. Mm. So, and I almost feel like, I almost feel like that's more damaging than doing nothing because mm -hmm. I feel like now this diversity training or whatever people do, or, hey, we have this person on the panel who is not white cis male. It's almost more dangerous because now it gives all these millennials and Zoomers who are quite a big force up to the leadership some mm. hope and some like, mm. ooh, they are doing something. So I should feel good about it. I don't have to push so hard because change is happening. Like a false sense of security. A false sense of security. Yeah. Mm. I guess like pride flags for companies. The big one, right? Recently, yeah. Pride logos. Co-fund all the, you know, shit people. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like anti-trans or anti-LGBTQ movements in America and whatnot. So that's a good point. So yeah, so I feel like in a way, part of what story is about like having voices that usually are not the ones who tell stories and narratives of almost anything, whether it's technology and how tech should be built, whether it's the way roads are built and transportation or art created, you know, all of these things is mm. just such a breath of, breath of fresh air, like how mm. different the narratives can be and are when mm. different people tell those stories. Mm. I recently listened to a podcast for Brene Brown and she was talking to this author of a book about, I think it's called When Women Tell Stories, The Human Story Changes. Mm. I think that's the name. Mm -hmm. But it's about how like, if you think historically, even back by Bible and everything, the stories have been really much how women are very either weak or, or conniving, or if they do something heroic, it's actually some crappy stuff like Pandora's box. She gives mm. an example. When someone did some, followed the curiosity, she fucked up. When the man mm. falls to curiosity, he achieves some awesome things. So I think in a way, it's like changing that narrative is so important and injecting more of that representation is so important because it's so different to the common narrative now. Mm. Um, so yeah, so in a way, like, I think story has this like weird jewel. We're still figuring it out. Like partly it is for other women and binary and men, to be fair, to listen to the stories and see those narratives and be exposed to very different perspectives for people to feel safe and heard but not to get confused, and I maybe need to make it clearer a bit more, we need to make it clearer of a story. It's not about empowering women or making them more confident. I don't think mm. women need to be more confident or need mm. to become more empowered. I think they are already fucking empowered and confident and doing amazing work. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not like classic, you know, women just need to speak up, lean mm. in, whatever. Yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> at all um, what's needed. I think judging by like hundreds of people we interviewed, the mm. stories are so wonderful. Like they are already doing important work. They just need yeah. to be heard and giving mm. a platform or a step up or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So diversity is such a, yeah, again, a buzzword yeah. means whatever for whatever people, but it's just, it's still, if we look at numbers, the problems haven't changed as fast as they should or even at all. So I was going to mention your example with diversity of even in companies. So even companies that like are striving for 50, 50, whatever it is, the top level management still hasn't changed. Correct. It's just they're hiring more yeah. diversity in the bottom. Yeah. 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 And it's been really like actually a really cool example following from that. I did a paper recently, my course for human rights, and I, I found this interview from a Westpac CEO 
which I thought was really cool. Like, again, um, I mean, I don't know, obviously, the whole story background. So, but he is a white straight male. And what they did is they, like, analyzed the diversity and they said, oh, we have pay equity because we, at every level, women get paid, blah, blah, blah. But then what they did as well, they're like, oh, we should analyze pay equity in the whole company. So if we take all the women relevant levels mm. and all men, mm. how do they compare? I mean, they very binary. There's no gender diversity there. Um, but And that didn't compare because they're like, oh, wow, that's quite a difference. We thought we were being equitable. Mm. So they, the CEO actually called a journalist and said, I want to talk and say, like, I want to present my data and say, hey, other CEOs or other companies, like you might think you were doing it, but we've done it and we realized that it's on every level we have enough diversity, but we have so many more men at the top mm. that if you take all men from the company and all women, they get paid still more because there's so many more of them at the top. Mm. And he's like, well, why is that? Let's analyze that. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Like, again, mm. a, an, um, a stepping up of like saying, hey, you know, white, straight, cis, old, wealthy male, but... I think we got something wrong here and I'm yeah. willing to put myself on the line and I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the whole, like, I mean, maybe yeah. I don't know what the background is and stuff, but hearing that was really cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think awesome. it's, I think it's interesting as well because like to really challenge that kind of thing, companies, organizations, society has to really also accept the fact that possibly the reason why there's more, and I'm going to use another word that we've been using a lot today, success inverted mm -hmm. commas that the listeners can't see um for cis white men or people of privileges because the systems are created mm -hmm. for them as well and I read a really interesting thing which I'm not like I don't know I wouldn't say it's like a mantra or anything but I thought it was kind of funny um I read it on Instagram social media addiction uh <laughs> which Hashtag. was like <laughs> which was like um what if imposter syndrome is just your body telling you that you're sick of cosplaying as a cis white man? Mm. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Ooh. yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, wow, powerful. Some yeah. smart people out there. Yeah. <laughs> what is this social media you're talking about? Yeah. I'll, I'll go check it out. Um, yeah, it's very like, and I think Stephen can talk more to it, but I think it's very cool. And I've been thinking about it a bit more of like a lot of white male social scientists or speakers or whatever now saying that this whole feminism and like intersectionality and all this like lefties have been creating more divide by by like grouping white cis male and blaming them on things and whatnot mm. and i think i was a very like you know a few years ago i'd be like fuck off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i think now i'm kind of like i'm trying to figure out like what's everyone's place because there are groups that might be doing that and that's fine that's what well, there are reasons for it some people are marginalized people the way they cope and fight with things you can't blame sometimes their anger is justified as well mm. Mm. um however for myself i think i'm kind of figuring out like what this place is and for steven like you can speak to that what it means and how to engage why it's a straight male or or how to not like not to, because I don't think against anyone, I don't think it's marginalized folks' jobs to do that. Mm. But still kind of like, yeah, kind of, I guess, figuring out for myself, what 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 role are we all to play? Or how do we talk about this? Or like, there's some amazing examples of awesome allies who will never take, like Steven, he doesn't take. Um, personally, when someone says, white cis male are idiots or blah, blah, 
Which is like... Dear diary. <laughs> she said it. She said it again. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, but... Mm. I don't know what I was going with it, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it's definitely been a journey of... And I've gone through the not all men phase mm. of like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm an ally. Mm. Um, and it just comes through insecure, from a place of insecurity. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think also on top of that, like the narrative change where it doesn't need to be an ally lifting someone else up, but it's more just like an ally being like, hey, why do we do this? Or hey, why is there only white people in this room? Or hey, like it's not about, I don't know, it's it's... It doesn't need about be about saving or all that kind of bull white, that people. White, white uh, what's it called? White savior. White yeah. savior complex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And because like, even with um, so for my marketing agency, we run a lot of ads, mm-hmm. and so one of the ad campaigns we recently did had five million views, unique people viewing the ad mm-hmm. in thirty days. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's for, measurable success. That's measurable. <laughs> 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 but like part of the new agency that we want to do is like do much more diversity mm. so like we only use a much more diverse people in the ads we run mm. but very easily that as a white cis male could have been me running an ad of just another white person but mm. there's a lot of things that everyone can do that actually just that they can control that's in their sphere yeah. that I think they can be an ally to yeah. actually change but yeah things. it's interesting like because I still I still have lots of anger I think and, re- and like I get frustrated a lot and I'm very I mean I'm very vocal about it like everywhere I worked I worked I've only worked for pretty much white straight just male that are wealthy mm. i was very vocal about you know that uh, them being that and them mm. sometimes not understanding it so there's this kind of line of like yeah i still have anger and still have like i'm just sometimes tired come home and be like well that was my I other just, point it's like of course should. people are angry like it's so much trauma and i think we're only now being able to start to actually communicate it and yeah. work through it mm. so of course there's any groups that are angry yeah yeah it's just it's unfortunate that i think I think it's unfortunate people take it so personally hmm. and get so defensive and don't want to engage because, yeah, I kind of think of myself like if I get something wrong, I want to be the kind of person who says, apologizes, reflects back, does better, continues. And it's unfortunate that a lot of times we engaged with people or people engage even on our platform. If, any, if, if we ever got a bad comment or some crappy comment, it was always from a white straight guy saying something about how ethnic women should blah, 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 go whatever, or how domestic violence is a woman's issue, you know, mm. shit like that. And it's like, oh, it's frustrating and angering. Mm. Um, so trying to figure out how to engage meaningfully mm. um, or be present in the space meaningfully yeah. without the, per, like, hurting oneself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah being upset and outraged and yeah yeah you've got to find safe ways to do that Mm. yeah for sure um have you got plans for storyo in terms of like Mm. trajectory next steps anything like that or you riding the wave which is also a totally legit thing (laughs) both both (laughs) (laughs) um Riding the wave, I think, probably more yeah. than the plans. Mm. I think there's lots of amazing things, like lots of cool things we could do mm. and want to do and stuff, but I've been personally been trying to learn the approach of riding the wave more and, yeah. and constantly. I think I'm a really like 
I'm quite an obsessive person <laughs> and yeah. I'm quite pushy and like, oh, I do things and I, I try to figure out how to ride the wave more. Mm. Um, also to look after yourself To look after. Well. Yeah. 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 So I think one thing we've been trying to do is like trust that, especially for you, our innate nature is to help people. So there's no need to really push towards an objective. But if we come at it from a place of like caring for ourselves and just doing what feels right, then it's going to keep... Something will come. Yeah, it'll yeah. keep creating the it impact It sounds so like douchey. Our innate nature <laughs> is to help people. <laughs> I Dear not, diary. I did not sign off on that sentence. <laughs> you did. That was for you. Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, Steven tells that to me all the time. I think I, I freak out quite often. I'm like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I helping? Or not like, am I contributing to something? Sorry, helping is not the right word. Helping sounds a bit... Yeah, but yeah. am I contributing to something? Is this valuable? Is this help? Like, yeah, and yeah. I can go in loops of like questioning that in myself. Mm. And Stephen, it's good to remind me. Like, I feel like when you know the purpose and the heart, just yeah, even the riding the wave will not mean that suddenly you will, you know, do nothing or like abandon this or do the wrong thing or mm. just kind of trust that something will come. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of riding the wave. Uh, some plans actually like a bit more concrete we were I wanted because we've done for two years one-on-one -on -one interviews mainly with either video well sorry it was always written interviews mm -hmm. and then a year ago we started doing video um, and that's been really awesome to learn how to do what the hell videos are and editing and stuff um, mm -hmm. and now the series with 30 people like a bit a different approach again so I think I would love to um figure out how to collaborate or support or whatever uh, with other organizations that are also like, let's say I spoke to this awesome um, organization called Belong um, Aotearoa. Mm -hmm. They work with resettling refugees and mm -hmm. stuff and they're very like NGO, do some work and storytelling is a big part for them, but they just haven't had um, resource, time, whatever to do that. So to figure out how to potentially like we're doing this thing, how to maybe help support someone or collaborate with someone to tell their stories of this communities or mm. something like that. So yeah, um, don't know what it looks like yet, but mm. we'll, we'll see. We'll so the first one that. is the woman in non-binary intake community. Mm -hmm. um, that was like to start with, it was easy because I work in tech, so it was an easy one to mm. delve into and then we'll, we'll see what happens. 30 people is a lot to try to organize for our first one yeah. though. <laughs> I was going to do 100. I know. And then thankfully. Yeah. It worked out really well. <laughs> Everyone came on time. It was 15 minute slots. Wow. So 9, 9.30. From 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. over two days. Wow. And everyone came on time. It was perfect. Wow. Mm -hmm. Incredible. <laughs> it's all on them. They did. They all came on time. Yeah. And they all did. And they all left when they had to leave. It was perfect. So yeah. shout out to all the interviewees. Yeah. <laughs> the Story yeah. of Women in Tech Project. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> Yeah, incredible. Mm. What are you What are you thinking of? Do you have Do you have trajectories plans? Ah, oh, man, that's a big question. Um, uh, I don't I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, I yeah, there's so many things that we could do in terms of podcasting. Um, I'd be really interested. Uh, and I haven't spoken to Benji about this yet, so I'm sick. Um, but, I mean, he kind of knows that this is something I'm interested in doing. Um, possibly doing a podcast 
that is possibly pre-recorded ahead of time, like mm-hmm. not a weekly thing, but a pre-recorded thing, um, that explores the world of poetry, especially in Tamaki Makoto, mm-hmm. um, because it's like a very interesting community and the people that I speak to who are in the poetry community have so much to say and are such interesting people and um, like there's such a huge world there, but almost everyone that I speak to who's outside of that community has like no idea what's going on. Mm. So um, that's something I'd really like to do. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's very many different facets of my life. Um, I'd like to publish a poetry book. Um, And I, I do a class with Dominic Coey every week so that's so he's, cool. he's helping me with that um and also at some stage I'd be really interested in making um poetry videos um either my own or with other poets as well um because I feel like it's a really cool medium and there are a few people in New Zealand who make poetry videos mm. but they're still not a very like well recognized medium yeah and I'm just like this is the raddest thing it's like a music video except yeah. just with poetry like how cool um and I feel like we're not making enough of those so I'd love to do some of that um but yeah that's um, awesome I'm pretty invested in Poynton so like sort of riding the wave of where Poynton goes and seeing mm-hmm. seeing what happens what here happens. and yeah how yeah. I can contribute yeah <laughs> that's yeah. yeah yeah it's so lovely it's it's very interesting Again, like most people we interviewed were very similar in terms of like they have some fashions and just kind of exploring and whatnot. And I think I get caught up sometimes, you know, when you see someone who is like, let's say a recent example was Brene Brown for me. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, like someone who is like doing what they love and managed to be fancy, famous, whatever. I think it's interesting to kind of like hear more stories. Like, I, I love her story. It's so important to hear stories of like people riding waves and doing what they love, and again saying like, "Is Brene Brown success, or mm. is it just doing what you love success?" And mm. it doesn't matter how mm. how big you get or how recognized you get and whatnot. Mm. I think it's easy to, even in like creative pursuits, or even now I feel like with social impact pursuits that became a bit of a thing as well, right? Like people feel like the initial capitalism. Uh, Chase race was more jobs, climbing the ladder, money, but it can really apply across everything. Like creativity-wise, how many you know now, how many followers you have, even though it yeah. doesn't make you money, but it might not yeah. make you money. Or like with social impact, it became a chase of like, am I helping enough people, or mm-hmm. am I yes. whatever? Yeah. Which is again very still self-centered yeah. pursuit. Yeah, um, but still, you know, I still think that's to some extent based on you wanting to celebrate your own success, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and needing to find something to hold on yeah. to to be like ah please yeah. tell yeah. me that I'm doing something yeah. right <laughs> which I think is still fair enough like that's human nature to want mm. to know that you're like you're, you're right, right. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah my yeah. um I, my friend recently um a coach actually we I she's a friend and a coach now um she did this like exercise with me of like if you if it's your funeral like what kind of speeches Mm. Or what kind of, what do you think people, like, what would you want or imagine people would say about you? Mm. And if you think about that for other people, like your loved ones, friends or whatever, how often is it like, and they had 10,000 listeners. Mm. <laughs> like, oh that, that will never be a thing that someone will say at anyone's yeah. eulogy. Um, so it was quite interesting to like, I just wrote all these words that I would love, like, I aspire to be this person or I would love um, 
like, or that's how I think about my friends and that's how I think how my friends think of me. And I was writing all of this and I'm like, none of this actually said anything to do mm. with outward, like the self-centeredness of pursuing a number or a measure, mm. um, but just with the kind of person you are. And that mm. was quite a, that was quite a nice, yeah. It's very Reminder of like. Yeah. Alina had an awesome cat. That'll be one thing that we said. <laughs> yeah. Steven had an awesome cat. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I cohabit with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cohabitate, that's yeah. the word. You're on the same <laughs> level. <laughs> um, have we written haiku? We have. We have. Yes. Would you like to, have you memorized the haiku? No. <laughs> okay, good, all right. I was going to say, you're My welcome to get there. it. Is it okay? Yeah, Fine. yeah, you can move the microphone and go, go get your phone. Yeah, had you memorized I know. No, oh, honestly, I the number of times that I've almost cried at these haiku just because I just love hearing other people's poems. Very well, I cried from how bad they are. <laughs> <laughs> Why would her. I say that? Why would I say that? <laughs> Also, why would I keep getting people to write haiku? I'm like, because you're laughing at them. Yeah, laughing so hard, you cry. Yeah. Oh my god. So, so let's the 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 purpose of this was to write haiku for each other, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go? Want to go first? So I did a lot of research, and I found that haikus are traditionally supposed to reference a season. So mine's also a bit seasonal. Mm-hmm. And then I also realized how hard it is to fit so many <laughs> concepts into so few words. Yeah. So that never makes sense, but <clears throat> you ready? Even in the cold, your love and strength warms my heart. Forever grateful. Aww, that's very sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Lovely. I was expecting some turn. <laughs> 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 it was just sweet. Yeah. It was very Forever sweet. grateful. Oh, counting syllables is, is tough sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had inspirational for one. Yeah, I was like, that's four. That's too many. I can't <laughs> use that word. You inspirational. inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my grammar can be a bit off because I tried to <laughs> reduce the words. That's fine. It's a poem. Whatever. Um, I wrote two, so I'll read the two. Is that okay? Yeah. Good inside. Is one of them funny? I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay. I love you so much. Uh, no, I didn't do dishes. Here is your flat white. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's <laughs> nice. so inside. I love it. <laughs> I, it's our, um, Stephen does the cleaning and the cooking and everything at home. So the, the dishes is the constant pursuit of Alina cleaning after herself. And I bring him flat whites when I want to <laughs> get into the good books. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's um, very cute. That's so sweet. And the other one is white men can be good. So sweet and so supportive. Here, look at this one. <laughs> oh, well done. Well it's done. amazing. Extremely intimate and very political. I yeah. love that. And Sarah's like crying right now. Yeah. Tears of joy. From how shitty the spike is. But... <laughs> it's fine. I love it. They were amazing. <laughs> it's so sweet. We can frame them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Print frame magazine. It was really fun. It was really fun. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then realizing, like, after writing so much, I'm like, oh, I just have like 10 words. (laughs) And I hope they are okay. Yeah. (laughs) They are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I want to let you know that you've been successful. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
Did I pass? You <laughs> passed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Solid excellence for both of you. Yeah, you can be very proud. That's our grading system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but does everyone get excited? Yeah. No. I have this. Ask that question. I have this thing that there's this meme that I saw ages ago that said, "It's not enough for me to succeed." Others must fail. <laughs> and I think I have a competitive nature and like when it comes to board games or something. Yeah. So I, I get very upset if if I win and then no one else is sad. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like they should understand <laughs> the gravity of my win. And, how so <laughs> <laughs> and if they're like, oh yeah, that was a good game. I get very upset that they're it's, not crushed. It's so good. Because <laughs> usually the people we play with are also quite competitive, but also very respectful. And so we're like, oh, yeah, nice, nice work. And then she's like, ah, you don't understand. I won. You lost. <laughs> so yeah. even in victory, sometimes you, it feels like you've lost because yeah, yeah. we didn't lose hard didn't, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough for me to succeed. Others must fail. <laughs> well, at least it's coming out in something as innocuous as yeah. a board yeah, game. Yeah, you know? very lucky. <laughs> That's true. Very, very lucky. Social impact. War yeah. domination. <laughs> That's the that's the secret behind Storio. It's actually you taking over the world. <laughs> it's not enough for me to do good. Everyone does. <laughs> okay, amazing. Um, I had that. That was such a beautiful chat. Thank yeah. you so much we for really sharing. Enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I think so. It was so lovely. Yeah, haven't like done done one podcast recently before, mm. but it's such a nice like. Easy to chat. Wonderful yeah. topics. Thank you so much. Lovely Thank format. You. Thank you. I'm going to go. It's a sealed deal. You've held that in the whole... So, so uh, Benji can hear the... <laughs>